0: Well, the main reason is that, well, we work with entrepreneurs, CEOs, business people, consultants, speakers. And first of all, uh, they realize that they want a book for the reasons that we mentioned. So the authority credibility, they want to increase their speaking gigs. They want to increase their consulting fees. They want a lead generation tool. To bring in people in the door they want to be found on amazon they want to get more leads so they know they want that and then they realize that they don't actually have the expertise to do it well themselves because they're running a business and you know they don't have the decade plus of experience that you know i bring in or my team brings in when we work with people welcome to the become a writer today podcast with brian collins Here you'll find practical advice and interviews for all kinds of writers.
1: Can a book become a six or even a seven-figure asset for you or for your business? Hi there, my name is Brian Collins and welcome to the Become a Writer Today podcast. Now, a while ago I came across an interesting statistic about book sales. It said that many new authors don't sell much more than 250 copies of their first book in the first year. So if you do some basic maths or quick maths and you're selling that book for between $5 and $10 on Amazon, you're not going to earn much more than $1 or $2,000 per year. That's certainly not enough to quit your job and it's certainly not enough to live off as a full-time writer. But after interviewing many authors for this podcast, what I've discovered is the ones who are earning a full-time living are not relying on book royalties from a single book, even if they're getting royalties at 70% by self-publishing. What they're doing is using their book as just one part of their entire content or creative business. So, for example, a public speaker might use their book to build credibility for public speaking gigs, and then they might go to those gigs and sell even more copies of their book as part of their contract. Or if somebody's creating an online course, they could write a nonfiction book on that topic, sell it for two or three dollars on Amazon and use that as a lead magnet for selling courses that sell for three or four or five hundred dollars. And that way they can earn a full time living. Now, I've also interviewed a few nonfiction authors who have a back catalogue of books and they rely on the first book to sell the next book. And they have a series of books on similar topics. And that's how they're able to earn a living. So, if you're getting ready to write your first book or write your next book, I'd encourage you to ask three simple questions Who is my book for? What is my book about? And why am I writing this book? Figuring out who your book is for will help you market and promote the book. Knowing what your book is about is obviously going to help you write that book much more easily. And asking yourself, Why am I writing this book? will keep you motivated when the writing gets a little bit tough. Now, many new authors write a book for a number of different reasons. They have a story that they want to share with the world they want to make an impact with their message, or they want to earn money as a full-time writer. All of those approaches are valid, but knowing why you want to write a book is important because it will help you decide to keep going when you feel like procrastinating, and it will also inform some of the creative choices that you're going to make about your book, and whether it's for the market, for you, or for a combination of those approaches. Now this week I caught up with Alinka Wukowska. She's the CEO of Leaders Press Her company helps nonfiction authors, specifically in the business genre, hit the USA Today and Wall Street Journal bestseller list. One of my key takeaways from my interview with Alinka was the importance of having an email list if you're an author. While Amazon ads and Facebook ads can help you sell books, an email list is still the most effective way to keep in touch with readers and to let them know when your work is live. So if you're listening to this and you don't have an email list, I'd encourage you to set one up today. Now, I use ConvertKit on Become a Writer Today to build and grow my email list and I have a review of ConvertKit, which you can check out on the site, and it's a tool I'd recommend you use. But you don't have to use ConvertKit. Just get your email list up and running. Attract readers to it by giving away something free like a lead magnet, and that's something Alinka talks about in this week's interview. And then build a relationship with your readers by sending them helpful content related to the book that you're going to write. You could share updates about what you're working on. You could share chapters from the book or you could ask them to read early advanced copies. And then when the time comes to promote and launch your book, some of your email list will be engaged and they'll hopefully buy copies of your book. Now, of course, it can take time to build up a sizable email list. And Alinga mentions in this week's interview how many people you need on your email list if you want to hit a bestseller list yourself without the help of other authors. I was a bit surprised by how many email subscribers you need to hit the Wall Street Journal or USA Today bestseller list. But Alinka also offers another approach which you can use if you have a smaller email list but you still want to become a best-selling author and have the credibility of reaching one of those lists. And I'd encourage you to check out her approach and how she helps new authors do just that. Now, of course, if you find the podcast useful, please consider leaving a short review on iTunes or just hit the like or share button on Overcast, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you're listening, because more reviews and more ratings will help more people find the show and it only takes a few minutes. You can also consider becoming a Patreon supporter for the show. For just a couple of dollars a month, I'll give you discounts on my writing courses, software and books. And of course, your support will help me produce, record and publish more episodes just like this one. And if you just want to get in touch and let me know what you're up to, you can find me on Twitter. It's at Brian J. Collins, B-R-Y-A-N. I'd love to hear what you're up to, what you're writing, and if you've got feedback about the show or you've got suggestions for future guests. Now let's go over to this week's interview with Alinka, and I asked her how can a book become a six or seven figure asset for an author today?
0: Yeah so let's take the helicopter view here. Basically we like to look at the book as you can call it big business card or the door into your office or into your building. So how is somebody going to find you? Well first they need to find the door or the sign and that's what the book is. So when you have a book on Amazon or on your page or in your bag that you can give to a, you know, strategic person when the time is right, you know, that's like opening the doors of your office and having the first meeting with you. So the great thing about the book is that it's an instant authority builder. So you're instantly an authority because you wrote this book. So, you obviously have expertise, otherwise, you know, you wouldn't have however many pages uh, written. And if you can also say that you're a best selling author, and there are various levels of, you know, being a bestseller, but if you can say that you're an author, you're a best selling author, you have a book, people start to listen. And when the right people find you and read the book, and in their eyes, you become the authority and the expert. Then they want to do business with you because people want to you know, reduce any uncertainty in their decisions by following the authority, by following the leader, by following the expert. That's why your book is so crucial. And that's why it's, we could say one of the best, but I think it's the best way to get people in the door.
1: So you're getting people in the door to maybe sell courses, consulting, public speaking, any of those things?
0: Exactly anything. And well, we use books to offer our ghostwriting, book launching, book marketing services. So, you know, that's really aligned. But whatever you have that makes you an expert, you could use a book. Like we just had one of our authors who became a USA Today bestselling author, who's primarily a speaker, say that she doubled her speaking fee after she became a USA Today bestselling author. And she's already booking appointments at her new rate. So, you know, really easy, just like that. She doubled and no problem. People are happy to pay, you know, the double rate because now they're bringing on stage, not only a speaker, but also a USA Today bestselling author. So that's for a speaker. If you do courses, you know, before somebody will go in and buy your software or hire you to do your course for you, in their eyes, you need to be the authority. Otherwise, they're not going to pull out their credit card and give you the business. So the book is one of the best ways to establish that. And then you just have to make sure that they actually read it, so it's even easier to get them on board.
1: Some of the nonfiction authors I've spoken to have just one book, whereas others have many books. Like like Daniel Pink, I guess you know has lots of different best selling books. Is one book enough, or do you find the most successful clients or people who are earning the most have more than one?
0: Well, you'll see that uh, the most successful have more than one, but you have to start somewhere. And for sure, the biggest jump is from no book to one book, you know, like from no children to one child.
1: <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> completely, <the good> comparison.
0: <laughs> yeah, completely new reality. And then, you know, the second child is still, it's, it's a change, but, you know, you already have some experience. And usually the second child, I don't know know—is true, that turns out better. <laughs> You're more experienced. I'm a first child. Yeah, I've got three
1: kids. So uh, yeah, first child is the hardest.
0: (laughs) Right. Yeah. So the first book is also the hardest and the hardest to market. And you might be making mistakes, especially if you're doing it yourself. You know, if you're working with professionals from the start, then you're likely to have a successful book right away when you're guided from the book idea phase. So we do have, you know, primarily one lead generator right now for Leaders Press. It's called Outsource Your Book. But right now we are working on two other lead generator books, shorter books, and their purpose is to bring in more of our target audience in the door.
1: So uh, under what circumstances would somebody outsource their book?
0: Well, the main reason is that, well, we work with entrepreneurs, CEOs, business people, consultants, speakers, and first of all, uh, they realize that they want a book. For the reasons that we mentioned so the authority credibility they want to increase their speaking gigs they want to increase their consulting fees they want a lead generation tool to bring in people in the door they want to be found on amazon they want to get more leads so they know they want that and then they realize that they don't actually have the expertise to do it well themselves because they're running a business and you know they don't have the decade plus of experience that you know i bring in or my team brings in when we work with people And so being aware of that, they, you know, look for the right who, you know, there's this book called who, not how, so you don't need to learn how to do the whole thing. You just hire the right who, who already has everything in place to do it for you. So they're aware that they want a great book for the purposes we mentioned, authority, credibility, leads, legacy, and they prefer to hire somebody to get it done well. From scratch, and they usually want what we offer, what our USP is, which is getting the book into bookstores. We have an agreement with Simon and Schuster, so our books go into bookstores through that distribution system. And we get people, we get our authors on the USA Today best selling list, which is also something that publishers do not guarantee, and we can guarantee it because you know we've sent right now more than ninety authors on the USA Today bestseller list. These are the reasons why somebody would be a good fit.
1: If somebody's listening to this and they're wondering about the rights for their book, who owns the publishing rights? The author. So you handle the marketing and distribution? Yes. Okay. Okay. Makes sense. So what does it take to hit the Wall Street Journal or USA Today bestseller list?
0: These are very complicated launches. Takes a lot of book sales. Just to give you the bare minimum, uh, you need to sell about 67,000 books in a week. Now, if you create a pre-order, the pre-orders will count. So if this is a brand new release, you say you release it, you do the pre-order three months before the release, and then the, your promo period is the launch week. So all the pre-orders will count. But it doesn't yeah. have to be a new one. Yeah, it can be a book that's already out there, and you're looking at uh, six, 7,000 sales for USA Today. 500 of them have to be outside Amazon, so it has to be available on another retailer. So if you're in KDP Select, you're not going to hit the list. If you're looking to do that, you cannot be in there, you need to be wide. So it takes a lot to orchestrate it because, you know, you need to get people to buy all those books in that short amount of time. And, you know, if you think about, you can Google this, if you think that an average book sells about 200 or 250 copies in its lifetime... You know, now thinking about selling 7,000 in a week. It's a lot. It takes an orchestrated effort.
1: Yeah. So that orchestrated effort, does that mean somebody needs to have a really big platform to do it?
0: Right. I actually wrote a Forbes article about this. If you start calculating the conversion rates that you'd get on that, you know, how big does your list have to be so that when you mail it, how many people open and how many people click the link and then how many people convert on the Amazon page? You need to have like half a million, a list of half a million subscribers to try to pull it off on your own. So if you don't have half a million subscribers, US-based, because only US sales count, then what you can do is bring together, you know, potentially 30 authors who have 20,000 and, you know, do it together with an anthology or get together 30 partners who can get you you know, 2000, who can get you the right amount of sales. So 30 people with 20,000 subscribers or 300 people with 2000 subscribers. So you have to do the math so that you know, you know, what the expectations are. You know, this person is going to mail, how many sales am I going to get out of it? I'm going to get two, Am going to get 20, Am i going to get 200. So it's really complicated to get a lot of partners to mail at the same time, which is, basically what we do we orchestrate these launches months 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 in advance and we know how many sales it takes like you know how many sales it takes now so we have the conversions and uh, we make it happen
1: are you also relying on paid advertising
0: no uh, we're not
1: so it's entirely based on the size of somebody's list and their platform
0: it's all email marketing
1: okay okay so that's an interesting approach i was involved in a anthology a few months ago and the person running it was also using facebook ads to promote their book but have you tried facebook ads or you just see better returns with email
0: i have tried all kinds of ads and i see much better returns with email marketing i I see much better returns with the digital knocking on doors you know like going door to door and talking to people digitally that's what i see is working Uh, and i've done facebook ads and linkedin ads google ads and uh, we abandoned that effort because for us, for our model, for what we do, email marketing works much better. And then we have a lot of different outreach going on, depending on what we want to offer. But for our model, the ads are not really working. But you know, I know that for other businesses, they're working well, which is why they're doing it.
1: Okay. Interesting. Interesting approach. So let's talk about the ontology for, for a few minutes. How many authors typically contribute to a successful ontology?
0: Typically, we have thirty authors in an anthology.
1: Does it take you long to gather that many authors together? Because I can imagine it's like herding cats.
0: It is. <laughs> yeah. So we have about um, a couple of months of registration time that we allow for it, and then we close it. And uh, authors have uh, another two weeks or so to deliver their chapters. If they don't want to write them, we can interview them, ghostwrite it for them, because that's what we do essentially. And then we get that all edited. Put in a book, and you know we do our thing. We launch it to USA Today, a bestseller. It is like herding cats. Not. <laughs> you know, it's part of the um, unique selling proposition. Because if somebody was to do it on their own, like if you were to do it on your own, you have to be herding cats. And now I have a team. Now we're more than twenty people, so I don't physically do it. My team members take care of it. But when I did my very first launch. I was responsible for everything like that was back in 2018 and I didn't realize how uh, involved I was mentally until it was over. And then I saw just how much time and mental bandwidth I had to actually run my business (laughs) because I was just so all in all my energy in was in for seven months into orchestrating that launch. So I don't ever want to do it again on my own. (laughs)
1: I can imagine. So I think you said you launched over 70 books in three years. You must literally go from launch to launch.
0: Right. So it's 91 authors, more than 90 authors. There are anthologies in this as well. But we are always launching something. So we're doing with Leaders Press about uh, two book launches every week. Not all of them are USA Today launches. We also do Amazon launches. So you have different tiers of what we can do. You know, Amazon launches are much easier than than USA there's much less pressure, and there are various authors have various needs as well. But we're always in launch mode; it's just our normal way of being. We're always launching.
1: Wow, impressive! Impressive. In terms of genre, what genres do you focus on?
0: We focus on nonfiction and especially business entrepreneurship. Anything that's in that category it can be leadership, finance. IT, you know, self-improvement, anything nonfiction by an author who is considered or could be perceived as a leader in their niche. So that's what leaders press stands for.
1: Makes sense. Makes sense. When you're vetting a potential client to work with, what do you look for from them?
0: Well, you know, they need to have a book idea that's specific, not, you know, write me a book on marketing. (laughs) (laughs) So they actually have a framework, they actually have experience that they want to share, and we help them formulate that. And we also vet uh, authors for you know good standing, because, you know, some people might have some lawsuits going on, things like that. We don't really want to get anywhere near publishing an author that could potentially get us you know into trouble so we also sort of look at the author in terms of you know is there anything weird going on we have important relationships with simon and schuster our distributors. so we want to make sure that you know all our authors profiles are in good standing uh, but that is you know 95 percent of who we talk to
1: okay okay for our contributors to the anthologies do you give them specific guidelines about what you want in a chapter
0: Yes, there are specific guidelines or questions that they can follow. uh, It's a uh, 2,000-word chapter. There's a bio that uh, uh, they get to include and a link to their website or landing page. So it's really easy to just follow that and get it done really quickly. I mean, in one sitting, as an author, you can probably confirm that you can write 2,000
1: words. Yeah, you can indeed. Yeah, you can. When the book is published, how do you decide whose name goes on the book?
0: All the authors' names go on the book. Like if you go to see Quitless or if you go to see uh, Best Seller Success Secrets or Writing Grow Rich or our anthologies, you will see that at the very bottom. All the names are listed on the cover. They're very small, so you can actually see them, you know, when you look at the thumbnail. Uh, but they're there. And when we spoke to USA Today and to the team at USA Today, the way uh, they make the decision is you know, whether your name is on the cover because, you know, sometimes you're able to get all the names on Amazon, like we do, but there are authors who are attempting to do anthologies. They're not able to get all the names listed on Amazon. And so they said that they really look at the name on the cover. If your name is on the cover, then you are a USA Today bestselling author and all our authors' names are on the cover.
1: What do the authors do once they have that their book launched or the book launched?
0: Well, they celebrate. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They're very happy. You know, they increase their fees, they get more speaking gigs, they can put USA Today bestselling author on their other book covers, both existing and upcoming. I see that they changed their LinkedIn title. So a lot of people that we work with are really high-level entrepreneurs, they're very successful, profitable businesses doing extremely well, like seven, eight-figure businesses and more. And they no longer say founder or CEO of, As the first thing. They say, USA Today, best-selling author and CEO of, you know, yeah. their company. So it is a big deal for them.
1: Okay. Do you believe the approach would work for other genres?
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: It's just you've, you've focused on nonfiction. How did you get into launching books like this in the first place?
0: Well... You know, I've always been fascinated by best-selling status. I guess I'm a high achiever and, <laughs> you know, I like um, number one and um, getting all the accolades. So there was that. I was able to really quickly understand how that works when I did my first book in uh, 2010. You know, then it was my dream for a while to, you know, hit the USA Today bestseller list. I was thinking, well, I mean, that would just be the ultimate thing, like, you know. Uh, if i mm. could achieve that so you know i've been daydreaming about this for a while and i was hoping somebody would invite me to an anthology that i actually didn't have to do any work in terms of organizing and i've been thinking about it for months nobody's invited me to be part of an anthology so i thought how about i just you know take fate in my own hands and do it myself and that's what happened in 2018 and so after that you know i thought well we did it once so how about we do it again and for a long time, I didn't want to get anywhere near it <laughs> because I was so drained after that experience. Mm-hmm. But uh, since then, my team, I mean, it was essentially me in 2018. And, and now we have a team of 20. So it's not really myself doing it. And I, I'm, I'm driving the vision, but I'm not actually part of the nitty gritty. So with the right support, we're able to replicate the results.
1: So does your team handle the ghostwriting from the interviews and also the cover design and book art?
0: Yeah, everything.
1: Did it take you long to build up that team?
0: Well, you know, Leaders Press, and it's uh, in the way it's today, the idea started in 2017. So when I started in 2017, it was myself. I had an assistant and a writer. So there was three of us. And uh, now there's more than 20. So we have a team of project managers who... Uh, take the authors on the journey from idea through strategy, book outlining, interviews. And then uh, they send those transcriptions to the ghostwriters. So we have ghostwriters who write the book. Then that comes back. We have an editing team, formatting team. There's the uh, cover design that we also do in-house. And then we have the whole marketing put together. And also distribution. It's a very you know complicated partnership complicated in terms of everything that's going on to actually get books into bookstores. You know, you have to get the book to the printers like two months in advance and then they have to send it where it belongs. And there's you know, you, you pay for shipping and inventory and there are these you have to give them the metadata many, many months in advance. Simon and Schuster from their end pre-sell or you know you could say pre sell or the books to retailers many months in advance. I mean, there's this whole complicated machine That's going on uh, for every author uh, that we work with that they don't really see or, you know, necessarily need to know about. Well, all they know is that, you know, it's going to be in bookstores and it's traditional distribution, uh, but it's actually quite sophisticated and we do need the team to to manage all this. So it's from scratch to launch.
1: It sounds like it. It sounds like it. So so I interviewed an author a few weeks ago and his approach is just to write books he just wants to earn an income from getting his books out into the world he doesn't want to do public speaking or courses or anything like that would something like this be the right approach for him
0: well you know it depends the people that we work with they are they usually have another business going on so they do the book to increase their business to grow their business or to leave a legacy i don't really work with people who want to only live off of royalties so you know i have at the very beginning when i got started with books my first book brought me more royalties than my corporate salary did yeah (laughs) but these expectations are not realistic to have so i was lucky and that was you know the end of 2010 so the landscape was completely different for authors who want to live off of book royalties I would recommend that they actually dig into the publishing world, learn how to self-publish books with the quality that a traditional publisher would publish and learn to do marketing and not go through a traditional publisher necessarily, but take all the royalty that Amazon gives them. Because when you're doing a book traditionally, off of a you know paperback, any author will tell you they're probably making a dollar off the paperback. If you're doing it if you're self-publishing, like you could be doing five, six, seven dollars, depending on your pricing and, and what people want to buy, what that sweet spot ends up being. And then you dig into, you know, AMS ads. So you learn how to advertise your books. So that's your full time job, right? That is your full time job. You write, you market, you do ads, and like that. There are several people I know that are able to pull a really good income by many standards. But you know, when you actually have a business that you're running already, you don't want to be learning publishing. You want to hire it out, become the authority, you know, or have even more authority than you already have. Know that you're getting traditional publishing, traditional distribution, and you know USA Today by selling status, but. What all you do is provide the, the knowledge, the wisdom that then gets written onto the pages of the book and all the rest is taken care of. Like, if you're an entrepreneur with a team, there's a lot of things that you don't touch. You drive the vision. So it's the same thing for the book. You drive the vision, you want it in bookstores, you want it on the list, you know what content you want, and yeah. uh, we execute that vision. It's
1: mm, a good approach. I know you're focused on the USA Today and Wall Street Journal. Does this approach have any impact on the New York Times best selling list?
0: It may or it may not. As few people know, New York Times is an editorial list. So you might have the sales to get you on the list. But the folks over at New York Times might not like your face, your publisher, (laughs) your book cover, and they will uh, not include you on the list.
1: Okay. Okay. Makes sense. And finally, you mentioned that bonuses are a big part of your launch strategy. If somebody's listening to this and they're getting a bonus page ready for their book, what, what would you recommend they put on it?
0: Bonuses are definitely great when you have a mailing list, so you can incentivize those purchases. You have to see whatever is of high perceived value to your audience and whatever you can give away you know, without sacrificing too much. So it could be a course that you did two years ago that you're not really pushing anymore and that has a high perceived value and people would want that, then yes. I wouldn't necessarily offer, you know, one on one coaching sessions because then you end up with potentially 7,000 of those. Well, probably one third of the people would, uh, you know, want it and then part of it would claim it, but you're still, you're going to have the next 10 years of your life. Take it over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So something that can be delivered digitally. If you want to do a live thing, then do a group. A zoom meeting where you will either answer questions you know or share some wisdom or maybe you have five secrets that you shared in the book and you're going to do a session where you share the sixth secret that has not been published something like that
1: hmm. i get my key takeaway from talking to you is that authors really need to build an email list that's probably their most important asset yep so if somebody wants to work with you Wilenka, or learn more information about leader's press where should they go
0: leader's Press.com. You go there and uh, we have a really neat quiz that you can take that will evaluate, help you evaluate what type of book you should write. If it's a longer book, a shorter book, if you should go for the lists or do what. You can also get a copy of our lead gen book called Outsource Your Book. There's both an audiobook and a PDF. And in that book, I go over the 17 steps of uh, creating a best selling book. And how you can outsource it but you can either outsource it or do it yourself and those are i think the two most important assets that you can find there so leaderspress.com and you'll get your journey started thank you alinka thank you brian thank you to our listeners
1: i hope you enjoyed this week's episode if you did please consider leaving a short review on the itunes Store discounts on writing software and on my writing courses.